I'm Shelby Oleschleger. This is Weekend Hustle, and we are Barrel Racers. Join us on our journey to personal growth for us and our horses. Together, we can hustle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new podcast episode we're doing this week. Super excited to have Lindsay, Lindsay Mulcher here to talk with me, go over some really exciting things. So Lindsay, thank you for joining. And if you can just give us a little brief introduction of what you do and who you are. Thank you for having me. So um, again, my name is Lindsay Mutchler. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm also an online fitness coach. I have a podcast as well that's more geared towards mindset um, and how to um, change it, shift your mindset into all areas of your life called the Mindful Gains Podcast. And I'm also an author. And so that is something that is in the works. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And I, so I started following Lindsay a couple months ago, I'd say, or maybe even longer. I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, her profile caught my attention. And then I saw that she was posting a podcast. I started listening to it and I'm like, Hey, this girl's like got some wisdom behind her. So I need to have her on. The one thing I wanted to ask you, Lindsay, that the, the first thing I noticed that you've said a lot on Instagram and on your podcast is you say the past is history and we don't need to stay there. So let's build strength and move forward together. So I want to know kind of what that means to you and just the importance that is to get out into the world. So a big thing that I have really realized is a lot of times people dwell on what they've been doing, where they have been, who they have been, or even if they're working towards a goal. Mm -hmm. And I see this a lot of times and I always stress this to my online training clients is, is that they feel that they've, they've messed up in maybe their diet or they're fallen off track and they always want to sit and dwell there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always trying to say, you know, the past is like, we cannot change ever anything there, but if we can always continuously think, okay, well, what can I do moving forward today? Where mm-hmm. can I be? Mm-hmm. And like being in a forward thinking mindset is really what's going to take you to where you want to be. And it can be really easy to sit and think, okay, well, um, you know, I've always been this way. This is who I am or, or start to kind of, you know, self like loathing and everything in the sense that you feel like this is just half this, this is the way that it has to be. And it really isn't. And so I just feel like it's something that, you know, people, they're thinking about who they have all, who they've been instead of thinking, okay, what can I do today to get me to where I want to be? And it all starts from really taking actions and taking that, those steps forward. Mm -hmm. Like every day being conscious and making those choices and actually having a choice, which I know is a big thing for you. So you, to me, have been like a really big advocate for actually doing those changes for the better and knowing that like it starts with you and that's the process and it's something that be really consistent with. So for you, like, what does your journey really look like? Like, where did that initial change kind of stem from for you? So I would say, you know, and another thing is, is that we evolve and we really transition as we, as we grow, as we gain new experiences. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest shifts that I, that I had in my life was when I, um, you know, I moved to Florida, um, out of college and before I, you know, I was a dance, I did dancing and I was, you know, a horseback ride, but I was never really working out in a gym per se. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Florida, I just was in this place where I was more so 
you know, going to college, but hanging out with, you know, drinking with people after work and everything like this. And wasn't, you know, I had let like my health and my fitness really fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, um, somebody was, I was dating at the time, actually, um, his friend did CrossFit. And so that started a really big shift in my mindset because he bet me, um, that I wouldn't last 30 days in a CrossFit gym. <laughs> and anytime somebody bets me or says like something that I cannot do, like, even though I did not, I didn't even know what CrossFit was <laughs> like, no, I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I made this appointment, I set up the appointment and I think, okay, um, I'm going to go in and talk to, talk to this lady, Monique. So she tells me, okay, well, before you come in, you know, you can look at the website and kind of, you know, check out some pictures. And again, I, this was nine years ago. CrossFit was not very popular. Mm-hmm. So when I went and looked at the pictures, I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. What is this? <laughs> what is people this thing? Are lifting women, lifting barbells over their head, people doing things like on their hands. I was like, I had never seen anything like this. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I go in, I do my intro. And at the time I didn't think I was like, I thought I was in shape. I thought I was fit. And then I, I do this intro and I really discover like, okay, no, like I'm way worse off than I was. I was dying after this just very simple workout. And, um, initially I had this idea just like anybody when they kind of they think, okay, well, I want to get into shape is she said, well, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well I want abs because you know, what, what, you know, a girl doesn't want abs. Um, and it's really funny. Cause like at the time, like that's what I thought was so important about working out. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I started going and I, I can say like, I wasn't taking it that serious, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I specifically remember there was a workout that we went in and did, and there was like back squats. And I remember thinking, Oh, I did pretty good today. And, um, I think I back squatted 125 pounds and you know, whatever at the time I was like, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, I looked at the the scoreboard. So they like ever, other people would post what they, what they had done. Mm-hmm. And then I see that this new couple of these new girls that had not been doing as long as me. And again, remember I wasn't taking it serious. I was kind of half slacking. Uh, I saw that they had like surpassed me by like 50 pounds. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. And it just snapped in my head. And I was like, I can be better than them. Mm-hmm. Like I am literally like, I want to be better. And that is really like the getting into the gym and fitness started this whole shift and like into me, like really transitioning into a person that started to notice what it felt like to work towards something and to have these, these certain goals that could not be cheated without the work. Mm-hmm. And that started this entire shift in my mindset because I started to really understand and like look at myself and see that what I want to accomplish is completely capable. I'm completely capable of it. Mm-hmm. And when people see pictures of me and I, like I posted one recently and I've, I've like, you know, I post them here and there. Um, when I tell people, I'm like, I literally was not an athlete. Like I started from the bottom. Like I had no gymnastic ability. I had no, I never done Olympic lifting. I never weight trained. Mm-hmm. And when you like, you know, you fast forward nine years, it's hard sometimes for people to think like, okay, you have like, you must be always like this. And I'm like, no, I was the complete opposite. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, I, that's what got me into this passion of wanting to help other people and wanting to help train other people and help them understand this as well, because I saw it as like, I know how good it feels to change mm-hmm. and to like become somebody that you thought you could never be. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that so much. He's made so many good points in there that are like just mind blowing, but it's so true. Like even starting with the reason you go and if you only went to look better, you wouldn't be consistent. Like you wouldn't actually feel, I don't think satisfied at the end of the day to be like, Oh, well, I have abs. So life's good. But like, that's not going to keep you there. That's not going to keep you showing up every day to strive to be better. And I love how like, I think just the competitive spirit of it is really good as well. And I think even as horseback riders, like it kind of, it, it gets you triggered when you know you're in a competition, you see someone that is almost better than you. Like I remember seeing really good people and I'd be like, I want to, like, I aspire to be those guys, like, or they're beating me or something. I'm like, I know I can get there. And you kind of, it's almost like a friendly competition. And I think at CrossFit as well, it's like perfect for that because you just even seeing that they did a back squat a bit more than you, it like, Hey, that's not cool. Like I can do that too. I know I'm capable and it like levels you up. Like it's just kind of forcing you to get to that spot and actually make that change and stay consistent. And so it's been nine years now that you've been doing, do you still do CrossFit? Yeah, I still do CrossFit. And the thing about it is, is also, you know, it's like I started to, like understand the real benefits of it, mm-hmm. like strength wise, you know, it started to, to make sense to me that, um, and that's really where your body really like my body and a lot of other women will notice this or people is that when you start focusing on the, the deep issue is, is that you want to be the healthiest possible. You want to be strong. The outer appearance will follow mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. It's yeah. always going to happen. And it's like, I think sometimes people just, they underestimate that it's Mm -hmm. the work that gets you there and, Mm -hmm. and it's not taking the shortcuts. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been doing it. I mean, for nine years, I, I'm still always like, there's just like horseback riding, you know, you're never going to be done Done. getting better. There's never going to time. There is a Grand Prix rider or the, the best of the best. They never say that they're done. No. And we can learn from that because then it's like, they're always going to be working mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, they're always striving to be just a little bit better than they were yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Like you're never done. Like there's always, even when you might think you're done, like you just even staying like at that level or just trying to get that little bit more than someone and, or just for better than yourself. Like every day, it's like about a bit of improvement. And for me, when I started, like I was going hard at the gym and then when, this whole pandemic started, it's been really difficult. And I can imagine like how you'd feel with now dealing with clients and stuff. And it's like at home workouts and stuff and trying to actually stay motivated in that. So for you, like, is there something that actually just kind of like, other than the natural benefits of working out and just feeling so much better mentally, but like, was there something like when you struggle to actually get out of bed or you struggle to actually do the workout or to stay on game like every day? Like, is there something that's really helped you along day in, day out to stay on the path that you want to go? So that the biggest thing, and I stress this to people is that, you know, there's motivation, there's discipline mm-hmm. and it is really hard to do things, the hard things on the days when you really, really don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. But you have to really think about like your deep seated why that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. 
And if people can really have a, a deep reason why they're doing this, I mean, and, and this goes to everything, right? Like there's days that, I mean, I love riding horses. I love riding my horses, but I can tell you there are days that I go to lesson and I don't want to do it because I'm mm-hmm. tired. I'm sore. There's just like sitting and watching a movie sounds a little bit better. <laughs> like it's been a long day, but then I have to think is that, okay, no, like where I want to get in my riding is into a whole new level. And it, if I skip this day, mm-hmm. it could potentially put me back five, five years. And that's what I just kind of tell myself or with, with fitness, it's like, the days that I really don't want to do something, I remind myself that there are people that would love the opportunity to have this, Mm -hmm. to be able to go and exercise, to be able to move their body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, I think, you know, at this point, you know, especially like through the experience with my mom, I, it's like, I can't not like take care of it because to me, I'm like, I've had to watch somebody that I really love and, you know, like my mom, that I had to care for and loved her and to watch that be taken away from her. And there was like, there was nothing that she could do about it. It put a whole new light on it. And, you know, it really came down to, it's like, not that I have to do it, but really trying to switch your mind and say, okay, you know what? I may not feel like doing this today, but I get to do this. And this is something that like, I need to do for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, most people, they don't need to be working out every single day, but if you have a schedule and you have, you know, okay, I work out three days a week, mm-hmm. make it an actual schedule. I always tell my clients, I say, don't just say you're going to work out three days a week. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me which days are there, mm-hmm. what time are you going to work out? Mm-hmm. Because if there's a time and a day associated with it, you're much more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you've been waiting all day long and you're like, Oh, I need to do that workout. I, need to do it. I don't blame them. I work out early in the morning. I get up at five in the morning because I hate working out at nighttime. Mm-hmm. I have done it. I've, I've had to do it, but I'm like, it is not my fit. Like I would much rather get it done in the morning. And so that's another thing is just recognizing, okay, well, when is it best for you to do these things? Cause if, if it waiting to the end of the day doesn't work and everybody's different. Like some people love working out at the end of the day. I don't know how, (laughs) like I like to do like my walks at night, but, but you know, it's just understanding that there's, there's stuff that we don't want to do. And there's really hard stuff sometimes that we're just like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But we just have to understand that it's just needs to get done just like our jobs, you know, or I tell people, like I tell parents, I say, are there days that you don't feel like taking care of your kids? <laughs> tired? And they're like, yeah. Okay. Well, why do you do it? Cause I have to, I have to do it. Well, you need to treat the same thing with your, with your goals and your health. Because yeah, actually, yeah, I would say like put it on a pedestal. Like it's yeah. not like, oh, I'll like put what I want on a back burner. Cause I'm like, it's your life and you're only here once. And what you said, it's so true. Like to me, it's like the need versus want. Like, do I need to? Yes. Like it's not that I want, but I need. And like for me in my writing and trying to do that, it's the same like what you said when you don't want to go. It's like, I don't really feel like it, but I need to do it. And I always tell, and my mom would always say, like, 
you need to go ride. You need to do this. And it's like, yeah, I do. And it helps. Like, and at the end of the day, you feel a lot better and just, you feel like, okay, I actually did what I set out to do. And then you feel just better about yourself. And it just kind of, I think snowballs to the next day. Cause like, you're like, I actually like held my promise to myself. Yes. Right. And That's a huge thing. Yeah. Like the biggest thing is that we never regret doing the thing that we said we we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I have never regretted doing a workout. I didn't feel like doing mm-hmm. just like I never regretted the ride that I didn't feel like doing. Some of my best rides were always the ones that I was like, Oh, like don't want to go <laughs> schedule that I'm like, no, you're going to go, you're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And it's very empowering to keep your promise to yourself. And you know, like we think that, you know, it sounds silly, but it's like, if you, if you thought about every time you've broken a commitment to yourself, like, and we, sometimes I think people even tell themselves in their mind, they're committing to something because they won't even say it out loud because they don't even want somebody else to know because they're already projecting that they're probably not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can think of it as, is that if you think I'm going to try mm-hmm. and it's like, don't start saying something like I'm going to try because then you're already kind of half committing. It's a weak thing. Like a very weak commitment there. (laughs) It's like, you're not really committing. You're saying, I'm going to try to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it then. It's like me asking you to do this. You're like, well, I'll try to show up first. I'll try to show up. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) And that's like, that's a big thing. And you said it the same thing as this. Don't break promises to yourself. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And that's kind of the choice you have. Like we actually in with life and you actually like your last podcast episode, honestly, give you props. Loved it. It was like very, like I give you credit for putting yourself out there and being really just sharing that story because it is important. And for anyone want to go follow the mindful gains and listen to her last mm-hmm. podcast episode, super good. But the, the fact of us not having control, I want to touch on that a little bit. Cause you talked about that a lot. And I feel like in this pandemic, we all experience it, but I feel like you've probably experienced it to a whole nother level that a lot of people haven't experienced before because what you went through was super traumatic. So if you could just talk a bit about that and how, the just in general, like how that has changed your perspective of so many things. Um, so what she's kind of references is two years ago. Um, you know, it was a random Tuesday. And at that time, um, before this Tuesday happened, I really had, you know, I had started really, uh, shifting my mindset and doing, and doing these things to really start to grow and everything. But I had never had really something that was really blindsided and trauma happened to me or something very unexpected until, um, my mom was diagnosed with a very aggressive blood cancer. And when she was diagnosed before that, um, my mom was healthy. My mom was not on medications. My mom did CrossFit. My mom horseback rode. We, that, we did this together. Like my mom was my best friend. And then, you know, we thought like, or she thought she had like the flu and everything like this and like that it was nothing. Finally, I'm like, mom, I'm taking off work. I'm going to bring you to the ER. We're going to get checked. Um, and I really just didn't think anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I bring her and initial vitals were normal. And she, you know, my mom was like, for anybody that knew my mom, my mom was like the 
she was the most giving person. I mean, mm-hmm. she, you know, had, you know, I'm one of six kids. My mom was selfless constantly, never wanted, you know, she always put her needs last, which drove me crazy. Um, but she was like, Oh, see, I'm fine. And I'm like, mom, you're not fine. I wheeled you in here. You're not fine. Um, so to kind of make it short is that they ran her blood work and, um, the doctor came in, one of the doctors and, you know, he was like, mom needs emergency blood transfusion. And he was like, did so-and-so come talk to you? I said, no. And I was by myself and my mom and he is like, Oh, okay. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, your mom has an aggressive blood cancer. She's a 3% chance she's ever going to leave a hospital bed. And I tell people like, it was like white noise and like a dagger went into my heart. Like Mm -hmm. I collapsed. I was hyperventilating, crying. I couldn't like, I could barely hear. Mm -hmm. And my whole world was basically flipped upside down because the person that I've had like nightmares about ever getting sick especially with cancer, like this just became my reality. Mm. And it was, I mean, I I remember every detail of that day. It was like, I couldn't believe that this was happening. And I tell people I've seen, I would see people in high school or like other people. And you always think like, this is not going to be your person. It's not going to be your mom or your loved one. And when that happened, I just, I fell apart because I thought like, I just couldn't understand at that point either. Cause my mom's so religious. I just, I couldn't wrap around like, why her? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the first couple of weeks where I was just, I was so angry. Like I was so mad because all I thought about was, okay, well now this means like everything is terrible and, um, I don't care about anything else. And, I'm just going to, you know, I hate to see people happy and, you know, that's a terrible feeling to feel, but it's just in the moment, I was just so distraught by like my anger and and, like, I can't explain it. And like, like a lot of people like ask me and they're like, well, like what like made you stop? Like, like, how did you push through this hard time? And I was just driving and it was like a lightning bolt hit me. And it was like, I say it was either God or something was trying to just tell me is that you're not going to let this break you. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, you need to be the person that shows other people that excuses are bullshit. <laughs> and then you need to do more and you are going to do more in a very difficult time. And it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. but you have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it was like, it was just put upon me that I had to show other people that if, if I can do things in my hardest season of my life where I had to, you know, my mom, I took, my mom lived with me that entire year. I took care of her. I had to go through watching her, you know, go from 160 pounds to 80 pounds when she passed away. It was extremely, um, difficult. And there were so many ups and downs in that year. And, and then the year after, um, and I just said, you know, if, if, if my health remained a priority and if I still, even on my my hardest days, if I could still keep pushing, Mm -hmm. then, then you can do it on a normal hard day, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that people, they lose sight also of, 
you know, what they do control because I couldn't control that my mom had cancer. I had no control over that. I didn't know control over like, I tried to do everything I could and to help her get recover from it. And, you know, there was just, there was a lot of comfort knowing that if I identify the things I could control, like what I did for my health, what I did for my personal goals, what I did for my work and the way that I could make an impact on other people, then, then I could go to bed and I could, I felt some relief and, you know, in our darkest times, it's like when we can be, can bring light to other people, it's like, I've, I just saw so much darkness throughout it, you know, even like in the hospitals and, and even just day to day, we see people that they bring, they bring a lot of more darkness into, into the day to day. And I feel like, you know, we need more light. And if we can all choose to be that light for somebody else and we can start to recognize that we can be that power, mm-hmm. we really can make a lot of changes, but we can't do that. If, if so many of us just stop believing that we can control ourselves and our emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I always stress to people, it doesn't mean that I was not sad. doesn't mean that I have, I had days where like I felt really, really broken but I always got back up. I always stood back up and I always said, okay, you know what? Today is a hard day. Today's a really hard day, but tomorrow's going to probably be better. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like the, there was always going to be a better day. And even at this point, you know, there's good days. Not every day is going to be the worst day of your life. Right. And it just feels like that in the moment. You yeah. feel like everything's always going to feel this way, but it's not going to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Well, like, thank you so much for sharing that story. And it like, it just hits people in a different way, hearing the real life situation, like the seriousness of what that is. Cause I, like, I completely relate and like with my mom and I can't even imagine to experience what we've gone through and how easy it would be, like you said, to feel, to not care. You have the excuse, you know, like, and that would be the ultimate excuse to totally lose you and lose your life that you had. So the fact that you're able to come out of that horrible season of your life a bit more like you, you did learn something from it all. And you just like what you just said, like how much that's changed. And like, you did have control. You're like, there is no excuses for being you and sticking to your ultimate goals and plans of you, despite what you're going through. So the fact that you just prove the point to everybody that's listening, that there are no excuses to drop what you were doing. Right. Like, I just think that's so great to persevere, like just the ultimate person to like really like push it and be like, you know, every day, this might be a horrible day. Let's accept it, but let's move on. And like you said earlier, like way at the beginning, I'm going to backtrack, but you just said that you're not there forever. And you might feel like it is right now, but you're not that person. Like you're not always going to be there. Like even if it's something like that, or even a more sport or a performance thing, you might've had a bad day and that doesn't mean that's your life sentence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And I always have to remind myself that as well, just with other things is that I, it's easy to get stuck there and stay in that negativity and stay in that space. And 
just what you said, even like, I don't know, all of it was just so good, but even just being a light as well. And like everyone says, you know, like if you actually are able to bring someone else up and there is so much negativity, you don't want to add to it. And if you're able to bring someone else up, it brings you up. And then eventually it's bringing like the whole community up. And before you know it, you're actually supporting one another. Like you're actually there genuinely there for one another through it together. And just, I guess, even like the having gratitude about your life at the end of the day and realizing how much that's changed. So with that, like just your, your viewpoint moving forward, like, did that change a lot from like the important things in life after? Um, I think it made me really hyper aware to just time. You know, I think that we all, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect now, but we all sometimes can, we take for granted it. And we also, we underestimate what can be done mm-hmm. with the time we have. And, you know, like again, th- through those two years, um, my life still like in the other areas, it still moved forward. Yeah. And I'm really grateful again, like that I pushed myself to continue to do these things. And like my mom saw me be pushing myself and, um, and she wanted to see that because she, it's like, she knew that the biggest thing she wanted was like for me to fulfill like my dreams and to continue. And, you know, had I shut everything down, right. I shut down everything and not done anything when I am happy again, which, you know, I have happy days. I am happy. I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful for my life. Mm-hmm. But like, if I would have just shut down completely then, and not move forward at all, mm-hmm. then I would have had nothing to show for it all that time. Right. And like, again, we can't get it back. It's not going to get back. And I think that the biggest way we can honor people that we love, that we had to lose is that, especially when we have to lose them, when we did not want to lose them, you know, like I always tell people, like I wanted 40 or 50 more years with my mom. Like I wanted my mom when, when I get married, I wish my mom was at my wedding. My mom will never see my children. My, my children will never know my mom. The next person I date, he will never really know my mom. Mm. That's really hard sometimes to like, have to accept because you're thinking, how can somebody not know the most important person in my life? Yeah. But you know, the way to honor them is just like to, to live your life more full mm-hmm. and to, to understand that, you know, and it's, it's whatever per, somebody's personal beliefs are, but there's something, you know, there's a reason why people don't want death row. It's a reason why people don't want to leave earth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we don't want to leave earth early because we don't, we just understand that this is a time that we just won't get back. Like it's very, it's great not knowing what the future holds in a sense. Yeah. Because we can create our future and there's something magical in the not knowing. And we mm-hmm. sometimes want to think we can control everything. Mm-hmm. We don't control anything. <laughs> That's what's exciting about life. That's why when people meet somebody out of the blue and they're like, I, you know, you talk to those couples and they're like, I wasn't even looking and so I met the love of my life. Uh Wow. How exciting is life that we just don't know what's going to happen to us. Exactly. Embrace it. Like we're scared of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen and they're worried and they're not going to go to that competition or they're not going to 
you know, whatever it is, go to school or anything that is an obstacle in people's lives, big or small, whatever it is to them, it's a deal. And yeah, like embracing the fact that you don't know, but it, it can go both ways. It, and I literally was saying this the other day. I'm like, like, cause there's a competition I want to go to and it's kind of a bigger deal. And it's like, it could go bad, but it also could go good. Yeah, no, it could go freaking amazing. Like, I don't know, but don't I want to take that chance and actually experience and maybe see how it will go. And just, you know, that is exciting. It's totally exciting. And just like, for you, it's like, you always are going to learn something from it. Right. Yeah. People are like, they get scared to do something new. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm even, I'm new to my podcast and I was scared to, to do it. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, how do I upload this and, <laughs> and everything that goes in it. And yeah. you know what, at the end, of the, even though my first episode I thought was terrible, not everybody thought it was terrible. <laughs> Nobody had told me that it was terrible. We, we know it's like, if you just don't take the risk and take the chance, mm-hmm. you'll never do it. You're never going to do it. And, and every, like, every time you do do something and you take that risk, you will learn something from it. Like mm-hmm. it's inevitable that you're, if you go to that competition, you're going to learn just like, you know, I'm doing this show next weekend in a higher level that I've done. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how my horse is going to be. I'm going to do my absolute best. And that's the thing about horses is it on show day, you don't know how they're going to be. They could be perfect the day before. And then, you know, show, you know, I don't, it's different for different disciplines, but some of their days, like their best days, sometimes there's not a show day, but then you, other times you get yeah. their best day on show day. Exactly. And you're like, and it, okay. <laughs> it all comes together and you're like, yep, this is why I do what I do. And it just is so rewarding where all those times that you didn't want to, but you needed to, and you went and you showed up, it all like pays off at the end, which it is. That's the point of life really. And like, we just get to experience it in a show ring as well in a smaller scale um, uh, I was going to say, so when like for your competitions, like this is new for you. And like, that's kind of the other thing is just doing things that are new and being uncomfortable and put going in the uncomfort and with you and your riding or even the fitness, like how did that look? Just taking that step to be like, hi, I'm a beginner. I don't know anything. Let's do this. Like what type of mindset do you have to go to approach something like that and actually handle it? Right you have, first you have to get over the fear that you look stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, they will not do something because they feel like they're going to look stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think really remembering that the best of the best was, they were not always good. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jordan was not always good. Mm-hmm. And like, we were all beginners at one point and we're all learning at one point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, like accepting that it's okay to be new, but you're never going to get better if you don't start trying. And sometimes trying means failing Mm -hmm. and it's okay, but you're always failing forward. Like you don't fail backwards. And I always try to tell people is that you're never failing. Like, you know, you, the only time you've ever failed is if you really straight up quit. Yeah. Like sometimes people think that they're failing on their diets and they're failing on this. And I'm like, you're not failing. Like if it, unless you have literally decided you're not going to do anything, you haven't failed. You've you're, you're making some mistakes, mm-hmm. but you're learning from them. 
and we can take all this and we can learn from it. Mm. And, you know, with, with like trying new disciplines and doing things like in working out or whatever you're trying, it's really understanding the fear because you'll notice that a lot of us will, will have this feeling of fear Mm -hmm. then we'll think, okay, well, if I feel fear, fear means that I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. That's not true because sometimes fear is not, it's, it's fear because it's something new and you're associating with being scary, but fear doesn't really protect you. And I've learned that a lot with horseback riding and it's something, um, mentally I've had to really like overcome because of riding a new horse and asking him, you know, riding him in a new discipline and he's a young horse, there's moments where, you know, where I want to let my fear stop me from doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And every time, you know, you know, I have a scary incident happen or like, you know, a spooky incident. And then suddenly you just, you think that every time you go there, they're going to do that thing or you start to get scared. And I remember hearing something and it said like, why do you want to let fear win? Like fear, yeah, sometimes fear protects you from maybe getting eaten by a bear, but why are you, if you love something and like, especially in the, I think equestrians like feel this, is that like, do you really want to let the fear, that fear win mm-hmm. and stop you from doing something that you love? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I always relate it back to, I'm always thinking, um, whenever I've had these feelings of fear and thinking that, that, um, I'm going to like get off or I'm not going to ride or I'm not going to canter or whatever it was. I think, wow, what if this is the last ride I ever had on them? Wow. Or like what if this is like the last, like what, it, like, you know, what if something happened? What if this was the last chance I ever got to do this? Mm-hmm. And that has got me to like push a harder in certain things. Just thinking that, you know, it could have been the last time. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're tired and you're thinking, Oh, like I'm supposed to go, you know, you know, and there are some times we, we cancel plans, but being really cautious about it. Yeah. I love that. It puts it in perspective because you just don't know. We just don't know what's Mm going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one thing you said that I love, um, a little, a few minutes back is just about fear and having it like cripple you from doing what you love. And even the fear of falling off or the fear of like even falling and then getting back up and you are always in your head, like you always are like associating that corner where something bad happened. It's always going to happen there or whatever it was. And for me, how I relate to that is even the fear of like just not doing well and the fear before I go do my run, if I'm having any fear about it that I'm like, Oh, what if I embarrass myself? And I just like, totally shit the bed and like stuck like that's gonna like that already is gonna and like inhibit me from even being at my best level and when you're competing and you you have your show day you want to be at your best level and you know just putting that like putting that like competition mindset in if just owning it like screw fear screw all your insecurities and everything just going out there like full confidence of you know what you're doing so for you like even with your competition showing up and just with the fitness and like doing that and you starting your podcast and being an author and all these crazy things like how did that look of you just basically telling everything to like go away i'm doing this i don't care about you know all the things like the bad things Um, i sometimes like something I do is 
if I'm really struggling, mm-hmm. I start telling myself I've done this a million times. <laughs> I've been interviewed a million times, or I have, I have cantered this circle in this corner a thousand times. And I just start to almost just, and it sounds silly, but I, you, you have to just tell yourself, like, I've done this already. I am like, it's almost like an affirmation, but there has been things like movements and stuff like that. And literally like I remember when Pilgrim and I were having this issue with <laughs> with this issue with um him picking up the right lead canter he kept picking up the wrong lead and I kept getting so frustrated so frustrated so frustrated and like it happened over and over and over and then I started writing him and then I literally just started thinking in my head you've picked up this lead a million times And then it was just because it brings a calming effect when you are like, you start to just talk as if you've already done it. Mm -hmm. I've already done this before. And, and you, you like, your mind is a lot more powerful than you think. And it kind of like for, for riding and for doing these certain things, it kind of relaxes you mm-hmm. because you're tense and you're thinking like you're overthinking things, just like when you're riding and somebody tells you like, like you gotta, like you're clamped up or you're like, you, you know, your trainer or somebody could tell yeah. relax, you gotta relax. Like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And also like with, if you're like projecting something's going to happen, it might, yeah, yeah, it might happen because you're like, you're almost like you're setting yourself up for something. Mm. It's just like driving your car. We're not going to, we don't drive our car and think that we're going to get in a massive car accident. Mm. You know, we're we're driving our car and we're thinking I'm going to be safe today. Like I'm going to get home. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't like project it. And I think that just that thing about, telling myself I've done this, I can do this. I have done this already. And whether I had, I've done it before or not, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter. And I swear the moment that like, I just told myself I've already done it. It was like, I relaxed and my body allowed like my, my mind and my body connected. And it allowed me to like be more, you know, with the horse or doing whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when like working out, like, if you do anything that's done Olympic lifting, it's a big thing is mental. A lot of times when you miss a lift, not because you weren't strong enough, it's that you're in your head. Mm-hmm. And a lot of weightlifters will, they visualize themselves before they go and grab that bar. They're visualizing that they've made that lift. Uh-huh. And that's a kind of like a connection that they're thinking about. And they're really envisioning that I, I just made that lift. Yeah, and they exactly. take a lift the bar. Right. Yeah. It's, they say like just visualizing. It's so true. Seeing it happen in your head is going to allow it to happen. Just like thinking about all the bad things. It's probably a chance that something bad might happen. And it brings bad energy. I was just going to say, I'm a firm believer in that type of energy where if you are always negative like that, like you're going to attract the same thing and being a positive light for people or being that for yourself and knowing like, I can do this. I've done it before. And it just, like you said, it just connects mind body. And literally when you said that, I imagine like quickly, I was thinking about me like doing a run or just sitting on my horse thinking like, I've done this. Like I literally sat up taller and like instantly felt like, like just a sense of confidence over me where it's like, yeah, I can do that. Like, what am I saying? Like, why am I even doubting myself? Because it is just... I think it's a little infectious, like the doubt we build totally on our own and overcoming that and just knowing like, 
if I've never worked out before, I can do it and I can show up and try and, you know, fail forward. Like you said, so important. I watched like for the horse, for horse trainers, you know, if you ever watch professional horse trainer, um, they don't panic. Mm -hmm. They do not react. Like, and I think it's amazing. Like I always just like props to them, but they'll have, um, and you even watch them, they'll have a horse that maybe acts up or, or does something like where we might react and like, Oh my God, I'm going to get off this horse. Like, this is scary. Mm -hmm. And they work through it and then they go right back and they're just relaxed and they're normal and they're fine. Mm -hmm. And you, you see how horses are with these types of people. And if you've ever seen somebody loading a horse, you see somebody that's timid already. That horse is not walking in that trailer. And then you see somebody that takes a horse and just walks in and it could be a horse that maybe hates to load, Mm -hmm. but they'll like walk right in. Mm -hmm. And because like how their energy is and how, you know, they just, they don't let it affect them. And I've, I've asked like my trainer, I've said, you know, when she's fallen off her 18.3 hand horse and she gets back on, I'm like, like, are you scared? Like, she's like, no, I just, I just have to do it. Like yeah. they're just, yeah. you fall off, you get back on. That's that. Yeah. And the same thing with that actually is like horses are the best teller of energy. Like they feel us on the ground, on their backs. They have like, they have crazy senses. And if you're tense and nervous, they instantly are like, why are we going to be tense and nervous? Like they know they're thinking something's up that they should be tense and nervous. And they totally feed off us where like, like you said, it's, I think why you get back on the horse is you need to be there for the horse. You need to show up. And that's what my whole like mission is. It's like, I want to show up as my best self. So my horse can be its best self because if I'm not there mentally and physically as well, cause it is such a physical sport, but like if I'm not there mentally and I'm a bit unsure of myself, my horse is going to feed that and he, like feed off of it. And we're not going to do as well. Like, oh, even just like a hundred percent. And right. I have to tell myself that is that, um, my horse's success is based off of me. Mm-hmm. Like he needs me to guide him yeah. and to tell him and to help him. And, you know, I have to be a better rider for him. Yeah. And, you know, we're a team, it's a partnership, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how real, you know, it should be with your horses. But like, you know, yes, you have to, you have to step into that. Mm -hmm. And that's for me, that's kind of my, that's my drive is always thinking like, I worked out my horse today. Like, yeah, I rode it, but what am I going to do for myself to improve myself? Cause I went out to the barn and rode to improve my horse and our communication and connection. But it's like, what am I going to do for me that I can just be that bit better and just like that every day, a little bit. And eventually, hopefully, you know, I will, I will be better. (laughs) Like it literally, it, it's like, sometimes we think we have to be doing these big, big things, Mm -hmm. but it is the tiny little actions that lead you to like success. Mm -hmm. If you've ever like looked also like there's certain um, like money, money charts where it talks about like, you know, you add like, a dollar a day and then $2 and everything like this. And then at the end of the year, you have like over a thousand dollars saved, but it's like these, such these small amounts that you barely even notice. Yeah. Why, you know, like it's these little things like starting to make implement changes or 
little things that you can do, like, you know, as a, as a writer or as a person that works out, you know, even if it's as simple as like working on your mobility, mm-hmm. so you can have better flexibility in your hips and in your ankles and everything mm-hmm. like that, that plays such an important role in, you know, how we're sitting on the horse. Mm-hmm. And if we have really tight muscles, but we never do anything to help them. And that's, again, it could be five minutes, five, 10 minutes a day of stretching. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it at the end of the week. That's like, if you're doing 10 minutes a day, that's 70 minutes. Yeah. So you went from doing something zero minutes and then suddenly you're doing it 70 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. You're going to see progress. Yeah. It's just a small amount, just like reading a book. Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. pages a day, it adds up. Mm-hmm. And I recently heard this guy, one of his podcasts saying kind of that idea of you do like a small amount and it's not like you say, oh, by the end of the week, I'm going to do... 70 minutes of stretching. Cause you're going to be like, Oh, I'll wait till the end of the week. And it's like, yeah. you're not going to fit 70 minutes of stretching in like a Sunday night. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like the little increments, like no, every day, this is my like micro or like my small goal. Yep. And then it helps my big goal of like actually doing that. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Like I, I appreciate that. Cause it is like, it does make a difference and it, it allows you to actually like kind of goal set better. Yeah. It's always reverse engineering. So like you always have to think like the biggest goals you have, you have to think, okay, well, how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And there's always action steps to get there. And when you do take like the time to reverse engineer and think about, okay, what is it that I have to do? Mm-hmm. It makes it like, not, it makes it feel possible. Mm-hmm. Because if you say you want something and it's a pretty big goal, like, okay. So for me to say that I want to do a freestyle in the, like the pre St. George level mm-hmm. or fourth level. Okay. Well, fourth level seems light years away. And that is like years away for me right now. Mm-hmm. But I have to think of say, okay, well, what is my first step? Well, my first step was to show initially into intro Mm-hmm. And then now I'll be doing training level and then we're just going to keep building from there. But, you know, it's like, I have to think is that everything is like, it's an accomplishment, like just getting in the show ring your first time you take your horse to a horse show, like mm-hmm. big deal. Or somebody's like first step into the gym, you know, that is a big deal to some, or even if it's like a 30 minute walk every single day, but you're thinking, okay, my goal is, is that I want to, you know, I want to be, you know, in this type of shape. Well, you have to reverse it and you have to think, well, what can I do every day? And understand that during a day, there's about 9 million decisions you make. Mm -hmm. So if you make one that took you off track or, you know, quote unquote off track, or like you felt like wasn't coherent with your goals, just the next decision make it a, make one that goes there. And so at the end of the day, maybe you had 30 great decisions and 10 bad ones. Well, evens out. I mean, it's like did more good than bad and that's progress. And then that's what it's like. Some people make a, make one bad decision in their day and they like, Oh, I'm just going to wash it away. It's done. It's like, no, just make a better decision. The next one. I love that. It's like something so quickly and so instant. It's like, okay, forgive yourself. You made one bad decision. What's your next one going to be that you're going to help yourself. 
I love that so much. I never actually heard that before, but I'm going to start using that because I was maybe that person where I'd feel like just kind of like garbage. I'm like, oh, I made the bad decision wash it away. Like my day's done basically, or I might as well just give up the day and I'll start fresh. But it's like, I guess, cause I was always saying like every day is a new day, but now it's literally every decision. Every decision is a, is a, it's a new decision, like yeah. to actually make the change. Yeah. And it's a all or nothing mindset. Um, mm-hmm. it can, it can make, like it can break you uh-huh. because if like, you know, and there's this one person that used an analogy he goes, if you walked out in your car at a flat tire, mm-hmm. would you go around and and punch holes and all the other ones. <laughs> no. And they're like, well, why, why, you know, why do we do that? Like we think like, Oh, I'm just going to wait until this day. And it's like, no. Or there's one, one bad things like just throw it all away. Then just get yeah, it. like we were talking about earlier. It's just like thinking that one, one, something bad is happening. Am I going to let this, this means that everything is bad. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean at all. Yeah. you have the power. You have the power ultimately to always have the power. And you always have these decisions where like you have more power than you want to believe. Mm-hmm. You just choose not to use it. Like you're just choosing not to do it. Yeah. And you're trying to make up an excuse of why you can't do it. But like, if you, if, if more people just understood, like, you know, this excuse is just like, don't even say it as an excuse. Just like I, I said to somebody else that I said, um, when we are late and we try to like blame it on certain things, like, okay, well, you know, this and that, but you know, in reality, like sometimes we can say, well, it was because I snoozed my alarm. Mm-hmm. Like I would have just not snoozed my alarm. I wouldn't have been late. Mm-hmm. And like, but we don't want to like expect, accept responsibility. Yeah. We want to, say, well, it was, it was because this red light, it just wouldn't turn. And then this happened and then, and then this, and I'm like, I had to get gas. And I'm like, no, just really, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You have the control, no excuses. That's like the whole motto here today is there are no excuses. We, we can do it if we like, or we can have our reasons, right? Like there, there are situations like I, and I like, I want to stress that is that is never like to say that like, there's some situations where people like cannot do something because there is some things that are really blocking you. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just, it's just finding that one thing in the day that you can control. Cause you know what, there are some people that, you know, might not be able to get out somewhere because mm-hmm. of, you know, their family situation, everything like that. Sure. But again, just, there always, there always, there's something you can control mm-hmm. in your day. And that leads you like moving forward and it leads you in a positive direction. Right. And it doesn't have to be big. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, I mean, I, I said on the podcast, I said, you know, even if all the only thing you feel you have control over is your air conditioner, well, I guess you have control over that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your control today. Yeah. But like, don't, you know, never to think that it's something like it has to be something big mm-hmm. and don't like, and don't feel down on yourself either. Just feel empowered. Just finding that one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Love it. All right, Lindsay, this has been an amazing conversation. So for everyone listening that enjoyed this as much as me and wants to find you, where can they find you online? 
Right. So you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay underscore Mutchler. Um, I'm on Facebook, Lindsay Mutchler Fitness. And then the podcast is the Mindful Gains podcast. Love it. iTunes and Spotify. Perfect. I'll get your links and everything. I'll put them in the show notes, famous saying, but I'll put them there. And uh, so people can find you there. But I just want to thank you again for putting your story out there and sharing it with us. Cause I know it can't be easy to always revisit some of those darker situations and just, but I mean, knowing that you're giving the light to other people to find the, the goodness and the good in that type of situation. I appreciate you so much for that. Oh, so, thank you. Uh, this was awesome. To yeah, have me. yeah. Thank, thank you. you for joining.